0: Hey friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today. And I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free, and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash Rick Lee James, where for as little as a dollar a month or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash Rick James, and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me, at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account, at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers. One of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro. So sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head.
1: Gosh, Vern, you trying to kill us all? Walking around all the time with that weed hanging out of your mouth? Don't you know how deadly that thing is? You're just asking for a case of the Big C, Cancer City, Chemotherapy Hotel... I care about you, Vern. That's why I'm warning you. You better give up them cigarettes, buddy, or the groundhogs will be bringing you your mail. Know what I mean?
0: Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you're here for another great conversation this week. Well, throughout the 1980s and 90s, Ernest P. Worrell, the lovable blue-collared buffoon, was a staple of pop culture in countless commercials, nearly a dozen movies, and an award-winning Saturday morning TV show called Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Today, millions of fans still mourn the loss of actor Jim Varney, who portrayed Ernest, who died of cancer at the age of 50 in the year 2000. In the book, The Importance of Being Earnest, the Life of Actor Jim Varney, Jim's nephew, Justin Lloyd, has created a comprehensive biography that fans were waiting for. The book traces Jim's journey from a child in Lexington, Kentucky with dreams of being a stage and film actor to becoming an iconic entertainment figure. The importance of being earnest has now inspired a forthcoming documentary about the life of Jim Varney Justin Lloyd, the book's author and nephew of Jim Varney, has stopped by for a visit today. Justin Lloyd, welcome to Voices in My Head.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it, Rick.
0: Well, I'm such a uh, big fan of Ernest, especially when I was a kid, and just before we started recording tonight, our listeners won't know, but my son came in to say hello, and he's seven years old, and uh, he has become a fan, actually, of Ernest, too, and it all kind of got started off just uh, during this pandemic, really, is when it started because we were watching old episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies, and okay. my son asked me, "Are there any color, you know, <laughs> episodes or anything?" And I <laughs> said, "Well, as a matter of fact, there was a movie, and I said there was a man that that really was very funny, and he played uh, Jed Clampett in that Hillbillies movie." And that led us to start watching some earnest movies together, and uh, so we've just had a great time kind of reliving uh, those great memories that I had as a kid together with him, and and you did a great job writing this book. So just at the at the outset here today, I just wanted to, to ask what made you decide uh, to to write a book like this uh, about your uncle, and because it's it really took a lot of time, I'm sure.
1: It did. It it took quite a while. It it was a few things. Um, He, you know, he at at the time I started was two thousand eight, and he had uh, had passed eight years before that. Um, And uh, I know my my mother and uh, my aunt his his sisters had thought about um, writing a book, and they had. Put together some things early on mostly just kind of the family side Hmm. of it and um that that was right after he passed and uh nothing really ever came of that and you know i was on i remember being on youtube and seeing a lot of videos that people had uh, put together about him you know different things about the commercials and so forth um and i was seeing a lot of comments uh, you know, really positive comments about how he was a hero and all these kinds of things. And I think some of those really got to me because, I mean, I grew up, you know, in the seventies and eighties and in, in like Superman and star Wars, uh, or mm-hmm. some of my favorite movies. And, um, and it was just interesting to me that, that someone would see Ernest in the same way I saw, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> typically think of Ernest like in that hero kind of role in a way, but, but I understood that though, and and I thought, you know, these these people see they see Ernest the same way I saw some of my childhood heroes, yeah. and you know that really spoke to me. And and then I really was just wanting to um, to to give them something back that that I would have wanted to to read about my my own heroes and and the fact that and then I was also seeing things on the internet here and there, and some of them uh, weren't. Uh, they weren't well. Uh, what's the word for it? They they, uh, they just weren't uh, up to date on on the on all the facts okay. sometimes. And so I, I wanted them. I knew um, just a lot of stuff, and I knew a way to get to the information that I didn't have. Sure. And and I knew I knew people that nobody else knew about, and I thought you know I I might be the one that can actually do this. This might be something that. that <laughs> I could do. So anyway, that was a long...
0: <laughs> no, that's that's excellent. Well, and you know, it's I, I love that you chose for the book's cover or whoever uh, the, decided on, on the book's cover. You didn't go yep. with necessarily like a picture of Ernest, which everybody would immediately go, oh yeah, that's Ernest, because I think you yeah. really did a great job of of no i i want to talk about who my uncle really was you know and and you get this great picture of him on the front cover and yeah. um and you know he seemed so uh, in the movies, he was one way, no matter which character he was playing, he was always unforgettable but it seemed like yeah. in interviews he was always very subdued and and even almost shy at times and and so it makes me wonder what was it like to grow up with Jim varney as your uncle and and what was he kind of like when he was just relaxed and being himself
1: he He was really just like to me uh just a really cool person i mean he, he really kind of i always think to myself like he invented like his own brand of cool i mean he would just wear like whatever jewelry he thought was cool and like a leather jacket silk shirt blue jeans i mean his whole getup was just whatever he thought that he that he thought was was cool yeah and he he didn't really follow anybody else's lead and um that you know, fashion, the cars, to you name it. He just was interested in, in whatever. Um, you know, he 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 just uh, he he just led himself really through all that, yeah. and I thought that that really I think had a, a, some of it an impact on me at, at an early age, and um, but he he would he was all over the place. I mean, he would be uh, funny. He would tell stories. He would talk about history. Um, he would pull out. His pocket knives, start sharpening them at our kitchen table. <laughs> he he was just kind of all over the place. He 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 just loved um, so many different different things and wanted to teach you about all of them at the same wow. time.
0: Yeah and and I was it was interesting to find out uh I mean that he drove a Lamborghini and uh and that
1: he, a DeLorean yeah. or,
0: or I'm sorry not a uh, yeah I, I misspoke sorry about that the DeLorean and so I immediately yeah. thought of Back to the Future um yeah. and, and which tells you immediately like wow this is a this is a cool guy that has his his own idea of you know what cool is and I also yeah. loved reading about his love for watches and, uh, and yeah. the way that he would give those uh, as gifts. Do you know what kind of inspired him to be so in love with watches?
1: I think it came from my, my grandfather, and in um, some of the like. My my, my grandfather uh, was in the military, and I think you know, especially like with the knives and swords and things like that. He he had he had a small collection of those, and um, and I'm I'm thinking just through those kinds of of um, Items it kind of naturally progressed to like watches and jewelry and certain things, mm-hmm. um, and so, I um, mean, yeah, I remember my grandfather had a cane when I was a kid and he showed me and had a it was one of those that had a sword that came out of it from the, it, oh, from wow. the inside. So, and so I'm sure those are the kinds of things that that got Jim into a, a lot of those types of things. <laughs> Which he is- loved jewelry.
0: Yeah, and and he was into James Bond too, and so yeah. that that cane kind of reminds me of a, a Bond villain with you know a cane yeah. that has a <laughs> knife. That and that's what out. the
1: DeLorean was. I felt yeah. like I wrote about like you know he he had the money to buy any kind of top of the line car, and he felt he kind of chose something more that was like a James Bond type of, of car. Sure. You know, although <laughs> although they were really cool, I don't know that they were all that expensive. You know, really compared to like a Mercedes or whatever. But um, it was something more that that he that, that you know he liked. He wasn't really trying to really show off as much as just it was kind of went back to his own childhood and and things that he really liked. And I think that was like with the jewelry and and things like that. It was it was things that he really liked and appreciated yeah. and not didn't have to be some really expensive or name brand it was something he had researched and he kind of knew the intrinsic value of it and knew mm-hmm. the history of it Th- those were the kinds of things that, that re- he really liked that way he could he could talk to you about and teach you about yeah <laughs> <of it>, so
0: <laughs> and yeah and you're right um, you know some of the stories of of you uh, that you tell in the book about him being like playing a character and, and talking for hours about like the Ottoman Empire or something and just, and just keeping yeah. people laughing in its ditches and they'd come back and, and he's still going on and he's yeah. just still keeping people's attention. That was amazing. Well, you, you know, your uncle, of course, uh, he, he was not only Ernest, although of, of course that's what he was best known as, but as I got thinking about the number of iconic movies that he was a part of, whether it be Toy Story One and Two or as Slinky Dog or when he when he got to play Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie, and I wonder how many people actually know what an amazing um like Shakespearean and very trained, very disciplined actor that he really was, there's just a side to him uh that I think a lot of us didn't get a chance to ever see,
1: yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I'm sure that's like that with a lot of actors that, you know, they've they've got, um, uh, you know, they they're, they have quite a, a background of coming up through Shakespeare and different kinds of plays and and so forth. That and then they get famous for maybe one type of role or one TV show that was real popular, and they get they're in comedy their whole careers or TV or what have you, and um, and so yeah, I mean that he did have that Shakespeare background and I think he, he was a a really good actor. And, and I think, I mean, to me really, you know, a lot of that does come through in earnest. Mm -hmm. People don't see that. I mean, there are different forms of earnest. There's, you know, the movie earnest. There's the, like the TV show earnest and there's the commercial earnest and, Mm -hmm. and they're, some different types of performances and um and i i mean i i look i guess i was always more a fan of the commercials because of my age i mean i was like 15 when the earnest goes to camp came out mm-hmm. and so I, I was not really the real demographic i don't feel like for that movie so much and, and um and those are the not the types of movies I was even watching at, at at the time. I was not so much a fan of like the slapstick and so forth. So no. I probably, as far as Ernest goes, a much more a fan of, of the commercials. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think a lot of people, you know, they see the that type of performance and they just think, well, gosh, anybody can just get up there and say, hey, burn, and do this, and and it's it's really. You know, he he made it look easy, and, and there's a lot to those like 28 second spots that not just anybody can pull off all of what needs to be pulled off in that sure. amount of time. You know, and but I think that's part of it. He made it look easy to make it look like anybody could just do it, and nobody's really done it since.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's true, and. And it's fascinating to kind of learn how he kind of made that character through the the uh, the cherry. Uh, I've forgotten the name of the company right now. Uh, yeah, Cardin Cardin Card- and, and Cherry, and yeah. uh, for all of these commercials. But you're right, and I, I never had thought about it quite that way and, until your book of there being like different Earnest at different times. And I think it's interesting that he he was able to actually do something that is so unique, uh, even if it was like in the things that he would make for children um there i was just thinking about some of the the scenes maybe it was like ernest goes to camp um and there seems to be at least on the screen this thought of like you know he's he's really um fitting right in like nobody's getting the idea like they often would today of why is this older man hanging around with these kids you know (laughs) or something like that there's a real childlikeness about him yeah and i right. think even it's it's so fascinating i've heard a number of people and i'm and i'm going to put myself in that category because i just watched ernest goes to camp with my son recently there's a very emotional scene that even made me tear up as an adult a little bit. The part, you know, where he starts singing, "Gee, I'm glad it's raining," and just yeah. before then, he he gives this very—it's brief, but it's it's just this very powerful moment of, you know, you can tell how much he cared for these kids, and he's he's yeah. crying, and it's a really powerful on-screen moment. And I think you can get kind of uh, a, a uh, an idea of the depth that he really did have yeah. as an actor to pull that off.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. Yeah, you, that, that all of a sudden, you know, in in that movie, he's not the slapstick, you know, and he can, and and yeah, he can really get. And, and I think that's what happened in a lot of the commercials too. Even though, you know, some of them were, were definitely very goofy, but he, there was that part of him that you know it just pulled you in.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: had that you had some of that empathy for him, and there was it was funny. There was one uh, c- commercial in particular. Where it's this, um, I think it was on the canoe, a Christmas party where Vern uh, slams a door in his face.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and they got a lot of reaction from that. It was actually a two part <laughs> commercial, where in the second part they open the door and he he hits Vern in the face with a snowball. But <laughs> and until that second part was was aired, I mean they got a lot of mail that you know you can't do this to Ernest.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I think that at least this was what John Chair had said that 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 response to that commercial they felt like he they felt like yeah he had been able to um, to get the empathy that it would re- have required to make a movie that that he he was having that effect on people that, that yeah that he could that character I don't think they had any I don't think they had any uh, doubt about Jim being able to to, to be in a movie but to, to, for that character to, yeah. to you know, be in a movie and, and what do you do with that character for a whole movie? I think, you know, they had some obvious concerns about, but, um, sure. but yeah, they were able to, 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 you know, to pull it off. One one thing I wanted to to bring up, I thought was interesting. Like when you talk about, when we talk about the commercials and the, the movies, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize that he got um, the start in commercials Mm-hmm well, what's really to me what's really interesting the way I look at it is the earnest was really a, a, a phenomenon that people I don't think people really understand the, just yeah. the depth and the scope of of all of that and that I don't know that there's necessarily been anything ever like that that he they did thousands of commercials over you know. Uh, Really, a span on the Ernest character alone about what seventeen years, mm-hmm. even though it was maybe less than ten that was really kind of in, more of an intense. But that instead of looking him almost more like, oh well, I'm, he was a movie star that used to do commercials. It was more like he he was like this commercial, you know, phenomenon yeah. that went on to make movies. It's almost like the, really the other way around. It it was it, he was really much more of a commercial. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, but um, the phenomenon or what? I mean, yeah, that's what I've really tried to point in my book that if you're an advertising person reading my book, like that was some advertising history. Yeah, I mean, the way they did it, the way it unfolded. I mean, you couldn't do it today with the internet, the advent of the internet and everything. But the whole way they did that was to re- to me really interesting, and I, and yeah. I think that was worth really going into some more detail about it. And I hope I didn't bore anybody with with that, but it was very interesting to me. So anyway.
0: No, no, it's not boring at all, and in fact, I I do find it fascinating that he became such a a notable sort of celebrity because of the commercials first. And you know, yeah. gr- growing up, it was interesting to me too. I, I felt like I was always following the path of Ernest in my life because we moved around a lot. And I lived in Lexington, yeah. Kentucky, for a while, and okay, then wow. at one point, we actually moved to Dixon, Tennessee, where they filmed Ernest Goes to Camp, and all through high school, wow. I went there. And oh, I felt wow. like I felt like my life was just like following the path of uh, Jim Varney for some reason. That's crazy. Uh, but I remember because I lived in that Nashville area that I would always see those you know Purity Dairy commercials and the different things that he would advertise there. And you're right, it's a, it's a genius move in marketing that at first he started out as a character for really just one business, and then they decided, well, what if we did it for another business and another and another? And I yeah. think that was something that hadn't been thought of before.
1: And they were so adept at working with figuring out what was working and and then you know being able to 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 really uh you know keep on that i mean mm-hmm. understanding how he was being perceived as this local person and so they had these local looking commercials all over the country so people in texas thought he was local to them and people in oklahoma <laughs> thought because of of course you know the, the the look and feel of the commercials they were they were local and everybody thought he was from their town yeah and and, and advertising you know that was huge because the, the, they had the trust factor right you trust somebody that's a local person that's just you know it's not some slick national marketing campaign right it's your local you know car dealership right and and right. and so they they really hit on that and they just kept going local and basically were all over the country just doing market to market you know just uh, and so it, it was really something yeah
0: well, well, and the other thing you you had mentioned before, you know, the way that the internet has kind of made the world smaller because you could just go online and see anywhere. But I found yeah. it interesting too, rewatching some of the commercials, and you'd see things like in one commercial he'd be doing an ad for like Mellow Yellow, and he he and, and they would specifically call out like other brands, you know, <laughs> like yeah. like you know, move from that Mountain Dew over to to Mellow Yellow, and then it wouldn't be. You know, too much longer if you watch some of the compilations, then he's advertising for the opposite, you know, going the other yeah. way. And in different parts of the country, that would run. So it's yeah. interesting to see that the way even just the world has become so much smaller through things like the Internet and streaming services and stuff. But um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was thinking, too, and I think a side that a lot of people maybe don't think about with Jim Varney is not only – he, was he not earnest in in real life he actually had so many facets of his personality uh, i it was interesting too and, and even sad a little bit to read about some of his personal battles that he struggled with things like depression um, and i know that for a while he had a drinking problem that had threatened you know some some of the times on the set and things like that and and tragically died from uh from smoking and you know the the lung cancer that went along with it i i was wondering just what your thought was. Do you think that that sort of um, that sort of dynamic of him having a problem in a battle with depression, I think I think he would call it the stairs as as you said something about in your book, um, that maybe acting was a way of helping him overcome that depression in some ways or was it maybe also a cause of some of that depression because he had so much trouble breaking out of the earnest character into other roles?
1: Yeah, I think that he. Uh, I I think that yeah, you know, that, that you're that you're right. I mean, I, well, I, I think that that his uh, actually, I think being earnest, I think mm-hmm. being in the commercials. I mean, that kept him so busy, and he was able to do that basically from right where he lived. Hmm. That I I wonder. You know, my, my question was, I wonder, like, if he had become a big movie star, like like he really, you know, wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. starting that – and he was out on lo- – I mean, you think about it. You're out on location, and, and some of these locations, you know, are, are nice, but sometimes you're just living in a trailer, and it's kind of boring. And and I'm thinking, my goodness, that would have been probably the worst for him, really. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a successful movie star, but you're out, you know, in another – you know, on location who knows where – And that depending on who's there with you, if you're away from your family and here, he's just working. I mean, he lives in, you know, he lived in white house, just 15 minutes outside of Nashville. I mean, he basically lived right where they were shooting all those commercials. And even though, you know, a lot of the movies were shot out of Nashville as well. So that, that definitely, I would think helped him. Um, He stayed very busy. um, But I think all of that, I think because he wasn't getting the the medication that he needed for a long time, or mm-hmm. and I don't think he was seeking any um, professional kind of help. I, I don't think ever um, since he wasn't doing those things, I, I think the work keeping him, you know, busy um, was the was the best thing. I don't I don't know that any of it really um, was hurting him really yeah. as far as is, is that is that is that that's concerned you know as yeah.
0: far as that was concerned yeah well you know i i was uh, seeing online too that and i'm very excited about this by the way that you know it's the 40th anniversary of the character Ernest. it's it's 20 years after jim's passing and i've seen you and some others posting about it feeling like it's a right time for a documentary uh to be coming out uh about yeah. jim and his life and i i wonder if you could maybe update us a little bit on on the progress of that
1: I wish I had I had more to really give you I mean the width of the you know the coronavirus stuff that's really kind of put every everything on hold sure um, you know we haven't had a chance to really get moving with starting out of doing any any interviews or anything um, we're still uh, what we have been going through uh, is a lot of the the, the card and cherry material there I didn't realize it there they um, shot they took a lot of pictures uh during a lot of those commercial shoots and um that was just awesome i mean you know that's back in the 80s where people didn't mm-hmm. just take a million pictures have yeah. a fun and so they had um i guess somebody there taking tons of pictures and there's lots of um uh, negatives and, and and so forth we've been going through and there's a, a whole box of other things that we've that they they've got that um we're going through so and we've we posted a few of those kinds of things. I mean, just a couple of days ago, I posted a picture from like the probably the very first Arnold's commercial in 1980, and that that came from that that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And those are really exciting. I've I've never seen a lot of that stuff, and um, and so we're getting a lot of those kinds of materials. You know, we're able to get going through those and getting those processed, so we're able to to do some things still. Um, while we're we're waiting to to see how this goes so we can start interviewing some people you know I'm I'm outside of Lexington and then um, Daniel Butler is in Nashville and then this uh David Pagano the director he's in New York and so we 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 touch base you know almost mm-hmm. once a week and we have different you know skype calls we we um, stay in touch and all that so um, um, but yeah we're we're uh, hoping to to get some more progress here soon.
0: Well, that's terrific well I, we wanted to make sure too that on this podcast if, if people are listening um, i'm going to have links up to all of these things like uh, your biography that you wrote the facebook page for being earnest and the twitter and amazon and places they can get the book and and hopefully that uh, we can find out too uh, more how to help along the process if there's any sort of uh, crowdfunding or things like that cuz i i personally would love to see a documentary like that so on uh, on for those listening voices in my head podcast.com we will make sure and have all of those links available for sure so people can find it easily with just a couple of clicks you know I, I was thinking um, about just the some of the characters that he played and and as Ernest he played a lot of different characters even whether it was uh, I think it was auntie Nell Auntie Nellie or Nelda or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Nelda. Um, and, and just the different impersonations. I mean, he was such a great actor. But I think there's no doubt that his character of Ernest is probably going to go down and I would think, in American cinema, like characters like the Three Stooges or, you know, Laurel and Hardy or just different, you know, physical comedy performances and and I think he's probably already there. One interesting thought I I had had and I wondered what your thought would be if it ever arose just what you would think of this but a few years ago there was a, a movie that came out that was it was really a tribute to the Three studios, but it was three different, very talented actors that played the role of Larry, Curly, and Moe, and they just did a straight-up impersonation um, of those characters. And when you watch the film, it's it's kind of amazing the way that they were able to capture, like, wow, that they really are playing these characters, and it was a nice tribute. I've, I've wondered sometimes, because Ernest really was a character in itself, I wonder what you would think if, if Hollywood ever tried to sort of recreate with a with a character uh, actor going in to play someone like Ernest, do you think something like that might ever happen one day?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I would be okay with it. I don't. I don't know the a lot of the Ernest fans. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's always a tricky thing, especially when, um, you know, so far he's really been the only person. I mean, you look at like Batman and Superman. Now they've had more than one. I mean, I was a huge, huge Christopher Reeve fan, but
0: sure, me too. Uh,
1: but, um, but I understand that that character, how beloved it is, and that right, people want to see new incarnations, and there's new generations, and um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I would definitely be be okay with 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 it. I, I, but I mean, I, I think I think Jim, and I think I mean, I think Jim would be. I think it, it, it just like Slinky Dog, I think it shows that what he how much he did for that character that they would want to continue it i mean i think yeah. that's um that that's exactly how I, how I saw them continuing the slinky dog which of course is just the voice but still i mean
0: sure
1: so yeah, yeah i mean
0: yeah, and and I always think of I always think of him when I hear Slinky Dog. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a great character. So yeah, well I, I want to thank you for for taking some time to talk about Jim. I really do love the book. I, I guess just before I end today, I was wondering if do you just personally have a favorite memory of Jim, just as your uncle, that you might want to share with our listeners today? That just kind of makes you think, yeah, this is this is a great memory of of this man.
1: I don't know. Probably one of the one of the best memories I have was um, uh, at his wedding. He got married. His second wedding, he got married there at his house in White House, and this was in 1988, mm-hmm. and I was about 15 years old. And and they had the reception there after the house as well and um he was kind of after the wedding we were he kind of was showing me and my mom and dad and my sister around the house as everybody was already upstairs in the house for uh, the reception and then um he was give, and i'm videoing the whole thing as a 15 year old on a camcorder and then he sang us a couple songs with the buddy of his there that was um his i guess his best, best man and um I, re- I recorded those as well you may have seen them on on the internet on youtube but um the, those were some great memories and just to wow. see i mean like it was a whole day of of just him you know you know he's of course there's the wedding but then the whole reception and of course he's doing everything i mean you know singing and you know <laughs> it's the whole it's a whole day of gym you know it's a whole kind of show and so because he yeah. i think he felt like i mean i think i feel like that sometimes when people come to my house like i have to constantly entertain them right that yeah they, <laughs> that they, that they, that they, that they Bought tickets to see me or something like you, you know, <laughs> sitting there having to be But I feel like I have to constantly, you know, do something to keep them entertained. And I, I think he definitely, definitely had that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> much more
1: than I, than I. <laughs> ever, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he definitely um, made it made it a show. And um, I'm glad that I was able to capture um, a good bit of that uh, on uh, on video. So that that's, I can't, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe that's so awesome that I I have that. That's just, you know, gold now. So. Yeah
0: well that's that's so, yeah. terrific and i'm gonna to have to go look those up because i remember reading about the wedding and i i, I haven't seen yep. those videos so that gives me something to look forward to well i once again i want to let all our listeners know the the name of the book that she wrote it's the importance of being earnest the life of actor jim varney it was written by my guest today justin lloyd justin i want to thank you for your time and as i say to my guests each week on this show thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week
1: My pleasure, Rick. Thank you very much for having me. Enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.